Michael Ray. No. Sign of the Times. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Oh, Star Wars is it? Uh, no. Same coming. I like it. Ah. Sade. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Goat or Go, a comprehensive and somewhat opinionated look at the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. Welcome back, music lovers. I am your host, Wendy Kay, and let's just jump right into it. So, today we're looking at spot number 493, and the albums that we're going to be talking about today are Marvin Gaye's Hear My Dear from 1978, Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot from 2002, and finally Earth, Wind, and Fire's That's the Way of the World from 1975. So Marvin Gaye's Hear My Dear is also on different spots in the 2012 and 2003 list. They were ranked at number 456 and 462 respectively. Marvin Gaye is also an artist that Rolling Stone keeps bringing back over and over again, especially for his other two albums, What's Going On, which is at the number one spot in 2020, so I'm really excited to get to look at that. And it's also listed at number six in 2012 and 2003, and his album Let's Get It On is at spot number 422 in 2020 and 165 in 2012 and 2003. But today we're just going to be talking about Hear My Dear. Here's what Rolling Stone had to say about Hear My Dear. It's one of the most weirdest Motown records ever. Great start. Marvin Gaye's divorce settlement required him to make two new albums and pay the royalties to his ex-wife, the sister of Motown boss Barry Gordy. So Gaye made this bitterly funny double LP of breakup songs, including You Can Leave It But It's Going to Cost You. When he asks, somebody tell me please, tell me please, why do I have to pay attorney fees? It's one of the most strangely transfixing soul music moments of all time. So I didn't read this description before I started listening to this album. I didn't know the context of this album and where it was in Marvin Gaye's discography or, you know, anything about his personal life, you know. That's the point of this show. The show is to listen to albums for what they were and what they are and just form my own opinions about them and see how they hold up against the other albums that Rolling Stone has listed as the 500 greatest of all time. So with that in mind, I can see why they said that this is a weird album. It's hard to place it as a Motown record, to be quite honest, because it's a mishmash of a bunch of different things. It feels like if Motown had a jam band. It's a long album, first of all. It links one song to another really well, and it's an okay time. It goes in so many different directions for each of the songs, so I think that kind of makes it cool in sort of that jam band kind of way, because you're like, the direction of a song could go in 20 different directions for like, I don't know how many minutes, and then come back and bring it back to where it was originally. But I kind of wish the album kind of reflected that vibe a little bit better. Because the way that this album starts is Marvin Gaye singing directly to you, the listener, and tells you that this album is dedicated to you. And so it kind of, it kind of reminded me that like, 
if you went and saw a show in a really small venue, you know, like one of those very like intimate kind of settings for a show and you're there for a couple of hours with your friends, like small stage, couple musicians, the singers on a stool and you know, I like the vibe of it starting with this very personal and this very like almost not exactly cheesy but very sincere way of speaking to somebody and I just kind of wish that the album ended in that same note having Marvin Gaye saying like hey thanks for listening or what have you but I mean having read the Rolling Stone description I can understand why you may have been very frustrated with having to actually create this album what a weird fucking thing to be forced to do as part of your divorce settlement is to create music. Weird times, my guy. Also, oof. Also, this is the 15th album? What in the fuck? That's so long. Some key moments that stood out to me. So there's a song called Anger, and... There's a really good touch, like a vocal element that was added to it, because it sounds like there's somebody kind of like, like making this kind of angry sound, sort of like a cat, like that's being threatened. And I love that that is somehow the sound, like the personification of anger in the song. It adds a really nice touch to this, this interesting, this very hard song, this very bitter song. I really liked the key change that happens in Everybody Needs Love. Listen, I can never get enough of a key change happening in an album. It has to make sense, you know? It can't be what Arcade Fire does, where it, the key change and the tempo changes, and it doesn't make any sense, you know? But with Marvin Gaye, I appreciate a good key change. Sparrow is a jam. It's a very long song. That's what I mean, like, a lot of this, this album feels like it's a jam session, and Sparrow is kind of that song that really personifies this nature of the album, so if you have a chance, I would check out that song. And it feels like it makes the album like a whole. I guess the funniest song that I really liked listening to was A Funky Space Reincarnation, because it's about getting it on in space, and one of the lines is getting down on the moon and just like smoking sp some space weed and just having a good time among the stars and then like i'm sure that's not what frank sinatra meant when uh he said fly me to the moon but you know what that's what the vibe i got from it it reminds me of a the next step in fly me to the moon also what is up with artists and talking about space because we have Husker Du, who also talked about the girl who was really interested in aliens. Like, I know space is going to be a thing coming up in the future, especially when we get to Elton John and David Bowie. But I didn't realize that a lot of people just really, really like space. Space is cool. It's a fun topic. I think more singers should talk about space. And space aliens. And the great unknown that is space. It's a fun time. This album... Like I mentioned, how I wished it kind of ended with Marvin Gaye talking to the audience again. It also ends on a song that doesn't feel like an ending, and so I wasn't paying attention to my Spotify, and I immediately went into another Marvin Gaye song, and I was like, 
ooh, this is different, this is funkier. And it turns out it was part of a different album, so I can't judge it for what it is. Yeah, this is a weird album. It's a weird, weird time. And I'm sure I'm gonna encounter the songs Let's Get It On and Sexual Healing at some point. And those are the two most famous Marvin Gaye songs I can think of off the top of my head. So, I mean, I look forward to hearing more of his work when we get to it. So the second album I need to talk about is Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot from 2002. Now this album only appears at number 250 in 2020. And here's what Rolling Stone had to say about it. Wilco's great leap towards a mix of rock tradition, electronics, oddball rhythms, and experimental gestures, Jeff Tweedy's lyrics pitted hope against doubt with all bets off. That's a really short and sweet thingy. Let me see if the uh, 2020 version has a longer thing about it. Oh, I'm sorry, it is 225. It's 225, okay. So here's what Rolling Stone had to say about Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. When Reprise Records refused to release Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, Wilco posted it for free on the internet. 200,000 downloads later, non-such records, owned by the same company as Reprise, released the album and it became critical and commercial gold. Its pretty acoustic guitar melodies battled noise, skidding with dissonance or getting chopped off abruptly. Its lyrics paid hope against doubt with all bets off. You have to learn to die, croon Tweety, if you want to be alive. Uh, back to the regular program. So... Yeah, this is an interesting album. The song Jesus Etc. is a song that I've actually heard of because I, this, the lyric sad sad songs has rattled around in my brain and it's been on some radio. I can't say exactly where it's been but I've heard this song before. It's very familiar to me. Yeah, this is a very interesting album. I like how there's this mix of rock but also like there's some there's some experimentation that's going on with it like there's times where the tracks feel like they stutter or they like they stop and then they start again and like it's so it feels so unnatural like in the song ashes of american flags i'll have to i'll have to think about that in the future and uh look forward to when this album comes back around again I really want to know what it means to be an Amer an American aquarium drinker. Like, that is such a weird fucking lyric to sing, and I'm not quite sure what the what the singer is kind of going for with that lyric. But it stands out to me as an interesting time. I also have a very odd voice sample in the song "Poor Places." I can't quite understand what the person is saying, but it works really well within the track itself. It just feels very odd. But I mean, the rest of the album also feels like it's odd, this odd mix of different elements to it, and I, I think it's fine for what it is. It definitely feels like an early 2000s album, like Jesus Christ, like that is a, that is a time. Very similar in 
what I found with Marvin Gaye's album and asking the deeper question about why does everyone talk about space? Why do people like space? I really love the ending of this album because you don't have Jeff Tweedy singing and you're just kind of left with this strange metallic instrumentation and this spacey vibe that just kind of makes you kind of float, kind of makes you linger in this uncertainty. It's really cool having this kind of literal like space vibe to it, this otherworldly feeling attached to this album. So the last album that I want to talk about is Earth, Wind & Fire's That's the Way of the World from 1975. That's the Way of the World is listed at 420 <laughs> in 2020 and at 486 in 2012. And this is the only Earth, Wind & Fire album that is listed for Rolling Stone. If you're like me, the most famous Earth, Wind & Fire song you probably know about is the song September. That song is so inescapable, especially every time September 21st comes around, I kind of get so excited because that's the day that I'm like, it's the Earth, Wind & Fire day! And it's the Earth, Wind & Fire fun song, it's the happy song. It's kind of taken on a life of its own, like this, the internet culture has really embraced Earth, Wind & Fire, and I think like, maybe it has to do with like the fun, kind of trippy music video that they had for it, but also September is just a really fun song to just go and sing the body, uh, say that you'll remember, yeah, and just dancing in September. It's just a fun, fun little song. It's a really fun ditty. But the second most famous song about from Earth, Wind, Fire that everyone probably knows is Shining Star. And this is the album that Shining Star originated from, so this is a this is a great solid way of starting out your album. Like, Shining Star is a great, great song. This album is really short. This is... It is under 40 minutes long, but there's only eight tracks on it, so it doesn't... It doesn't feel like it overstays its welcome, but also, like... It doesn't feel totally satisfying at the same time. Like, there's some really great moments here and there out of it. Like, the falsetto in Reasons is fucking fantastic. Like, the main singer and his falsetto voice is really, really great. And the flute or the flute instrumentation in the song Africano is also really fun. But I wish that the flutes continued to stay there and continued to be a part of the song because they go away after a little bit, and it's like, no, please come back. You made this song really fun. Now it's just kind of boring. Also, this album ends with a skit, just like the Equemini album. There's skits everywhere. <laughs> we love our skits in albums. I appreciate them a whole lot, but I feel like the skit at the end of See the Light and the way it ends the album is an interesting way of ending the album because there are no other skits or no other fourth wall kind of moments where people just start talking and kind of break the tension of in the momentum of the album. Like, if Earth, Wind & Fire had included more skits into this, I think it would have made more sense with ending the album the way that it did. As such, 
Like, it's a cute, it's a fun little skit, and, like, you can tell, like, there's a lot of people having fun with them as a band, and so, like, at least you can tell that, like, they're having a good time doing the music that they do, and hanging around the people that they hang around with. But, like I said, it's a, it's an okay starter to hearing Earth, Wind, and Fire, but I wish that the rest of the album kind of stayed the course with Shining Star. Because one single does not make an album. And even though Shining Star is a really great song, the rest of the album kind of doesn't match up to its level. And nor does it surpass the excellence that is September. I also just don't know if that's disco music that I'm unfamiliar with. And so whatever Earth, Wind & Fire did with disco, it just, maybe it was just, it wasn't meant to last. And also this was a trend of music that like, I'm unfamiliar with and so I need to have more time to sit with disco music and hear more disco music to give a better understanding of it. But anyway, so this is a really short episode, but for the album that is going to go forward with what I consider to be the greatest of all time is going to be Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. So if you're playing along at home, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot is going to go under the indestructible beat of Soweto and above ocular spectacular. So, you know, we still have a very solid four albums that are keep moving up to the top and keep staying there. But otherwise, the bottom is just gonna, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep trying, we're gonna keep going. So thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and DJ, let's drop that track. Goat or Go is a podcast created and hosted by me, Wendy Kay. I also edit the podcast. Original artwork is by Paige A. Special thanks to the entire Rolling Stone magazine writing team. Without you, there wouldn't be this podcast. Follow the podcast on social media, Goat or Go Pod. If you want to support the show on Patreon, link is in the show notes. Thank you so much, music lovers. Keep on listening, and I'll see you next week.